0: Chapter One, Part One of The Emancipation of South America by Bartolomé Mitre, translated by William Pilling. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pietronatte. Chapter One, Part One. Historical Introduction. The Argument of the Book. Three great names stand forth conspicuous in the annals of America: those of Washington, Bolívar, San Martín of Washington, the great leader of the Democracy of the North, of Bolivar and of San Martin, who were the emancipators of the southern half of the continent. The story of the life-work of the latter of these two is the argument of this book. The scene of action passes on a vast theatre, a territory extending for more than fifty degrees of latitude from Cape Horn to the Tropic of Cancer, and occupies twenty years of strife. The starting point of this history is the Argentine Revolution. It follows the course of this revolution as it spreads over the continent, and its object is to explain the laws which governed the establishment of a family of the new republics, and the fundamental principles from which they sprang. This argument is dual and complex, for it treats both of political revolution and of social evolution. It shows how the Argentine Revolution became a propaganda to the world outside, of the principles upon which it was based, and how, under these auspices, independent and sovereign nations sprang into existence, with forms and tendencies in the same likeness and similitude. It shows the proclamation of a new international law, which only permits of alliance against an enemy in the name of a common destiny, and forbids conquests and annexations. It shows also the failure of the attempt in Colombia to unite the emancipated colonies artificially into a monocracy in opposition to natural law and to the new idea of the rights of men inaugurated by the Argentine Revolution. The two hegemonies, the Argentine and the Colombian, unite to set the seal upon the emancipation of South America. San Martin and Bolivar cross the continent from the Atlantic to the Pacific by different routes giving liberty to enslaved peoples founding new nations and meeting as together they enclose the colonial system in its last entrenchments they bring the two opposing systems face to face the shock resulting in the triumph of the superior principle thus considered the history of the emancipation of south america presents a homogeneous character with unity of action and with one dominant idea which in the midst of accidental deviations reveals the existence of a law, giving one accordant significance to facts accomplished. The study of the theatre of the War of Independence shows that the scene passes in two distinct revolutionary areas, one at the south, comprehending the united provinces of the River Plate, Chile, and Upper Peru, the other at the north, comprehending Venezuela, New Granada, and Quito. The strife and the triumph proceed simultaneously in each area until the two revolutions, like the two masses obeying a reciprocal attraction, converge towards the center. This plan, drawn up and carried out by the two great liberators, emancipates South America by the combined military action of the revolted colonies, which action has at once the ideal unity of a poem and the precision of a machine. The unity of this action is clearly displayed in the general lines of the life of San Martin, and gives to his historic figure an importance far transcending both his deeds and his designs. He was born in an obscure American town, which disappeared as he commenced to figure upon the scene. Thus America in its entirety became his country. He grew up as a soldier in the old world, fighting by sea and on land, in company with the first soldiers of the age, and so prepared himself for his warlike mission, unwitting of his destiny. In the New World he commenced his career by establishing tactics and discipline as his base of operations, and from their combination produced his machine of war. He consolidated the independence of the United Provinces of the River Plate, as the point from which he might start for the conquest of South America. In command of the Army of the North, his name is associated with the revolution of Upper Peru. As he passes the Andes in prosecution of his own plan, he became identified with the revolution of Chile. And after consolidating the independence of this country, he initiated the first international alliance in America. He secured the command of the Pacific, without which the independence of america was at that time impossible and gave liberty to lower peru he then carried the revolutionary standard of the allies to the foot of pichincha where he met the liberator of columbia under the equator which devised the two theatres of the war he clasped hands with bolivar thus ended his great campaign at the apogee of his power he disappeared from the scene knowing that his mission was fulfilled That his strength was exhausted and condemned himself to exile faithful to the ruling maxim of his life seras lo que debes ser y si no no seras nada thou shalt be that which thou oughtest to be if not thou shalt be nothing from exile he looked upon the results of his life work the definitive political organization of south america in accordance with geographical divisions the foundation of a new constellation of independent states in obedience to natural laws as by him instinctively foreseen he saw without envy that bolivar with whom he shared the glory of the redemption of a new world wore the crown of the final triumph though he knew that both as a politician and as a soldier he was his superior Then the wild dream of Bolivar, that he could found an empire of dependent republics under the auspices of Colombia, faded away, and gave place to the Argentine plan of independent republics, heralded by San Martin. Synopsis of the South American Revolution It has been said that posterity will look upon the emancipation of South America as the most important political phenomenon of the nineteenth century both in itself and from the probable extent of its future consequences. The immediate result was to bring into existence a new group of independent nations, founded on democratic principles, in open opposition to the right of conquest and to the dogmas of monarchy and absolutism which yet prevailed in the old world. These new nations were organized on the principle of equality and were emancipated from privilege and thus offered an entirely fresh field for experiment in the development of the physical and moral faculties of man. This movement thus constitutes one of the most drastic changes ever effected in the condition of the human race. The first throes of this revolution were felt at the two extremities and in the center of South America in the year 1809 in eighteen ten all the spanish american colonies rose up in rebellion as by one innate impulse and proclaimed the principle of self-government six years later all save one of these insurrections were quelled the united provinces of the river plate alone maintained their position and after declaring their own independence they gave to the conquered colonies the signal for the great and final struggle by making common cause with them in eighteen seventeen the argentine revolution drew up a plan for the emancipation of the continent took the offensive crossed the andes and liberated chile in union with chile obtained command of the pacific liberated peru and carried her arms to the equator in aid of the revolution of Colombia. this vigorous impulse was felt in the extreme north of this southern continent which in its turn defeated and expelled the champions of the old system went through a similar revolution and crossed the andes to the point where the two forces united the highlands of peru became the scene of the final struggle then the spanish-american colonies were free by their own strength and from the chaos sprang up a new world during the progress of these events the united states of the north the pioneers of the republican era recognized the independence of the new republics in eighteen twenty two as an expression of the simple truth and declared the peoples of south america have a right to break the chains which bind them to their mother country to assume the rank of nations among the sovereign nations of the world and to establish institutions in accordance with natural laws dictated by god himself as a consequence of this recognition the united states in the year eighteen twenty three promulgated the famous monroe doctrine which, in opposition to the bull of Alexander VI, established a new principle of the international law under the formula America for the Americans. Free England, who at first looked favorably upon the revolution, began in 1818 to lean towards Spain and the Holy Alliance, advocating an arrangement on the basis of the commercial freedom of the colonies the diplomatists of Washington interfered in favour of their complete emancipation and lafayette in support of this idea declared to the government of france any opposition which may be made to the independence of the new world may cause suffering but will not imperil the idea thus much before the final triumph the emancipation of the new continent was accepted as an accomplished fact and the attitude of the United States, supported by England, turned the scales of diplomacy in its favour in 1823, when, at the Congress of Verona, the party of reaction proposed a contrary policy, Canning, Prime Minister of Great Britain, wrote to Grenville those memorable words, which re-echoed through two hemispheres. The battle has been fierce, but it is won, the nail is clenched, Spanish America is free novus seclorum nasti tur ordo the battle of Ayacucho was the response to these words and cunning could then exclaim quote, i have called a new world into existence to redress the balance of the old the action of america upon europe the land discovered by christopher columbus which completed the physical world was destined to re-establish its general equilibrium at the moment the base thereof was shaken before the end of the fifteenth century europe had lost its moral and political equilibrium after the invasion of the barbarians which imbued it with a new principle of life without destroying the germ of decay left by the fall of the roman empire its civilization was again on the point of collapse not one homogeneous nation there existed her productive energy was exhausted liberty was but a latent hope privilege was the dominant law politics were founded on the principles of machiavelli all healthy evolution in the path of progress was impossible a fresh invasion from the east advanced under the standard of the crescent and the despotism of Mussulman fanaticism was the last hope of the people europe shut in between the danube and the pillars of Hercules, seemed lost the discovery of a new world alone could save her This discovery restored harmony to the discordant elements, gave new life to Christianity, and saved the liberties of mankind. The Reformation, which came immediately afterwards, engrafted upon the consciences of men the germ of the democratic principles of the Bible, which, transplanted to a new world, later on regenerated the effete civilization brought from Europe, and spread it as a vital principle of politics all the world over the popular belief that the fountain of eternal youth was to be found on the new continent discovered by columbus was no vain imagination the decrepit civilization of the old world drew fresh youth and strength from the virgin soil of america the genius of progress therein latent developed rapidly in the genial air the opening of this new and vast field to human activity was truly a renovation of social order in accordance with natural law and resulted in the organization of a democracy based upon labor. To this end it was only necessary that the European, leaving his old traditions behind him, should, on a vacant continent, work out his own destiny under the guidance of healthy instinct. The Colonization of Spanish America In the repartition of the new continent, the worst lot fell to the southern half. Spanish and Portugal carried their feudal absolutism to their colonies, but they could not plant there their systems of privilege, of aristocracy, or of social inequality. The good and the bad seed alike were modified by cultivation in a new soil, the natural product being democracy. The mode of colonization contributed to this result. The most trustworthy annals of the Indies recognize the fact that the conquest was achieved at the expense of the conquerors, without any drafts on the royal treasury. Hence arose that spirit of self-reliance, which they bequeathed to their descendants. A rebel world grew up under the auspices of absolutism. The colonial constitution, which inculcated a personal despotism and excluded the idea of a common country, contributed fatally to this result spanish america was looked upon as the personal property of the spanish monarch in virtue of the bull of alexander the sixth thus the colony did not form a part of the nation and was united to her only by allegiance to a common sovereign when the monarch disappeared his power lapsed to his vassals the logical and legal result being the separation of the colonies from the mother country the government of the colonies was entrusted to the council of the indies represented politically by a viceroy and in law by the audiencia the bounds of whose authority were ill-defined in municipal affairs the cabildos derived from the free communities of the mother country were nominally the representatives of the people in them lay the germs of democracy as they possessed the right to call public meetings for the settlement of their own affairs by vote which right, for long in abeyance became an active power when supported by popular force. The great extent of the country, the want of moral cohesion, the admixture of races, the general corruption of manners, the absence of an ideal, the lack of political and industrial activity, and the profound ignorance of the masses, all contributed to produce a state of semi-barbarism by the side of a weakly civilization and vitiated the entire social organism. From this embryo, was to spring a new republican world, the product of the gems latent within it. The Colonization of North America North America, more fortunate, was colonized by a nation which had practical notions of liberty and by a race better prepared for self-government. The process commenced a century later. The colonists easily adapted themselves to a climate similar to that of the mother country, and founded there a new home to which they were bound by free institutions originally the english colonies were looked upon as crown provinces and were ruled by privileged companies and by a council similar to that of the indies the monarch reserving to himself as in spain the supreme legislative authority and the right of appointment without giving any legislative rights the colonists of virginia by their own energy soon acquired some political rights which were secured to them by royal charters. This example was followed by the colonists of Maryland. Colonial assemblies absorbed the privileges of the companies, and the royal charters formed later on the basis of republican institutions. After the planters of Virginia and Maryland came the Pilgrim Fathers of New England, who, flying from persecution in Europe, sought liberty of conscience in the New World. Authors of the Great Revolution they were deeply imbued with the republican spirit and with the democratic spirit of switzerland and of the netherlands in which latter country they had seen their ideal of the ruler of a free people in the austere person of william of orange the antitype of washington in accordance with these ideals they established at once a form of popular government hitherto unknown based upon just laws finally came the quakers who proclaimed freedom of the intellect as an innate and inalienable right and drew up their constitution on the basis of democratic equality absolute and universal in this anticipating the most advanced of the modern era under william penn they established the representative colony of pennsylvania the nucleus and the type of the great republic of the united states such was the genesis of democratic liberty destined to become universal colonial policy in both americas the commercial monopoly which spain adopted as a system on the discovery of america had an influence quite as evil upon herself as upon her colonies the intention was that spain should draw to herself the wealth of the new world by keeping in her own hands the exchange of european manufacturers for the products of america every industry which might compete with those of the peninsula was prohibited in america at first seville and afterwards cadiz was declared to be the only port from which ships laden with merchandise could sail or at which they could land cargoes of colonial produce all direct trade between the colonies themselves was forbidden the restrictive system was completed by collecting all the merchant vessels into annual or biennal convoys, sailing in charge of ships of war, to or from Portobello and Panama. Merchandise so introduced was carried across the Isthmus and distributed by way of the Pacific and by land to Potosi, where the southern and Atlantic provinces could supply themselves at prices five or six hundred percent over the original cost. Such a system could only spring from a mind enfeebled by the possession of absolute power, and could only be tolerated by a race of slaves. Before one century had elapsed, the population of Spain was reduced by one half. Her manufacturing industries were ruined, her mercantile marine no longer existed, her trade was in the hands of foreign smugglers, and the gold and silver of the New World went everywhere except to Spain. NOTE The sole purpose for which the Americans existed was held to be that of collecting together the precious metals for the Spaniards, and if the wild horses and cattle which overrun the country could have been trained to perform this office, the inhabitants might have been altogether dispensed with, and the colonial system would then have been perfect. Unfortunately, however, for that system, the South Americans finding that the spaniards neither could nor would furnish them with an adequate supply of european products invited the assistance of other nations to this call the other nations were not slow to listen and in process of time there was established one of the most extraordinary systems of organized smuggling which the world ever saw This was known under the name of the contraband, or forced trade, and was carried on in armed vessels, well manned, and prepared to fight their way to the coast, and to resist the coast blockades of Spain. This singular system of warlike commerce was conducted by the Dutch, Portuguese, French, English, and latterly by the North Americans. In this way, goods to an immense value were distributed over South America, and along with the goods, no small portion of knowledge found entrance, in spite of the increased exertions of the Inquisition. Many foreigners, too, by means of bribes and other arts, succeeded in getting into the country, so that the progress of intelligence was encouraged, to the utter despair of the Spaniards, who knew no other method of governing the colonies but that of brute force from the journal of captain basil hall royal navy fellow of royal society on the coasts of chile peru and mexico in the years eighteen twenty eighteen twenty one eighteen twenty two when spain taught by experience sought to remedy the evil it was already too late her colonies on the southern continent were lost to her neither force nor law nor a common interest bound the disinherited children to their parents The separation was complete, and the independence of the colonies a question of time and of opportunity. The colonial system of Spain was not an invention, it was an ancient tradition, it was the economic theory of the epoch reduced to practice. England followed the same system, committing even greater errors in the establishment of privileged companies, such as the East India Company giving territories to them on a feudal basis the monarch reserving absolute authority over commercial relations. In practice, these errors furnished their own remedies. Tyrannical laws fell into disuse from the resistance of colonies armed with municipal rights. Thus the results, sought by England, were achieved without great violence, and with advantage both to the mother country and to her colonies. The Navigation Laws of 1650 to 1666, gave supremacy to the mercantile marine of England, and by shutting out foreign competition from her markets monopolized the trade with the colonies. This monopoly in skillful hands colonized North America and corrected to some extent the errors of the system. In 1652, under Cromwell, freedom of commerce was established between England and her colonies, the right being given to the colonists to tax themselves by the votes of their representatives, and to regulate their own customs duties. This was almost independence. Even when their charters were mutilated or abrogated by the stewards, this doctrine was respected by common consent. When England disregarded it, came the revolution. THE EMANCIPATION OF NORTH AMERICA A special question of constitutional law concerning customs duties was the immediate cause of the revolution in North America, The revolution of South America arose from a question of fundamental principles. The stamp tax imposed by England on her colonies was repealed on the ground that it was an internal law, but Parliament sanctioned the imposition of customs duties on the ground that they were an external tax, the produce of the colonies being subject to the will of the king. The colonists protested and took a further step, declaring that the Mutiny Act had nothing to do with them, as it was sanctioned by a parliament in which they were not represented. They called out their municipal militia, and so, in 1774, commenced the great struggle for the emancipation of America. During ten years their resistance had been kept within the limits of the laws, but from this moment they took their stand on the wide basis of natural and ideal right, independent of law and of tradition. The Declaration of Independence, on the 4th of July, 1776, was the proclamation of an innate universal human right, of a new theory of government, independent of precedent, inspired by natural law, by philosophy, and by political science. This declaration became, as has been said, the profession of faith of all the liberals of the world, The echo of these theories was heard in France— and by her it was transmitted to the latin nations of both hemispheres the people embraced them with enthusiasm up to that time two schools of politics had divided the empire of free thought the historical school led by montesquieu looked upon the constitution of england as the finished work of experience and of human logic the philosophical school led by rousseau denied the value of experience And thought to establish liberty and the sovereignty of the people by seeking the best form of association for the defense and protection of each associate against the force of all, so that each one should obey only himself and remain free as before. This second doctrine, formulated in the Constitution of the United States, became a new principle in political science and as such made with general acceptance throughout the colonies of south america the most important feature of the revolution of north america is not the achievement of her national independence but her emancipation political intellectual and moral in the name of human rights and in constitutional form from this moment english constitutionalism ceased to be a model and the english constitution to be the ideal even among the english themselves who have had to recognize their descendants and political pupils as their masters, the spirit of free England anticipating the verdict of posterity justified insurrection in America. Statesmen and thinkers such as Chatham and Burke sympathized in the movement, declaring there is no monopoly of principle, but its effect upon France was still more marked, being the outcome of the reasoning of her philosophers. Thus it was that America reacted for the second time upon Europe with most beneficial effect. On the third occasion, the part of teacher is played by South America. The Affiliation of the Revolution of South America Hardly was Peru conquered by the Spanish race than it became the theater of civil war. The conquerors, headed by Gonzalo Pizarro, rebelled against their king in the name of their rights as conquerors, cut off the head of the king's representative, and burned the royal standard. Hardly had one generation time to grow up in America, ere a son of Hernan Cortes, in whose veins flowed the blood of the celebrated Indian Doña Marina, inspired to give independence to Mexico in the name of the same territorial rights invoked by Pizarro. The far-off colony of Paraguay was, from the first, a turbulent municipal republic. The colonists deposed their royally appointed governors with shouts of Death to tyrants, elected rulers of their own, and did as they liked for more than twenty-five years, 1535-1560. to These and many other similar facts prove that the colonization of South America was imbued from the commencement with the principle of individuality and with the instinct of independence, which naturally resulted in emancipation and democracy. These insurrections were outbursts of Castilian spirit, but early in the eighteenth century Creoles began to call themselves with pride Americans, and for the first time is in Potosi the cry of liberty. In 1711 the half-breeds proclaimed a mulatto king of Venezuela, in seventeen thirty three the creoles rose in arms and compelled the abrogation of the commercial monopoly of the compañía guipuzcoana de caracas in seventeen thirty two thousand half-breeds of cochabamba in upper peru made armed protest against the poll tax and acquired the right to elect creoles as officers of justice to the exclusion of spaniards in seventeen sixty five the creoles of quito rose in armed insurrection against the imposition of direct taxes none of these outbreaks had as yet any definite political character the embryonic republic of paraguay gave the first example of a revolutionary movement based upon the sovereignty of the people jose antequera by birth an american but educated in spain appeared on the scene during a dispute between the governor of paraguay and the cabildo of asuncion The people named him governor by acclamation he placed himself at their head in opposition to the theocratic rule of the jesuits who were ruining the country he fought pitched battles against the royal troops and was blessed as a savior but died on the scaffold as a traitor to his king after his death his pupil fernando mompox organized the popular party under the name of comuneros deposed another governor and established a governing junta but was also overcome. In 1781 the Comuneros broke out in insurrection in New Granada, but the movement was suppressed. These were not events of great historical importance, but they show that throughout the period of Spanish domination the rule of the mother country was irksome to the Spaniards themselves and was hateful to all Americans. The Moral Revolution of South America there can be no revolution until the ideas of men become the conscience of the mass and until the passions of men become a public force because quote, it is men and not events which constitute the world. End quote. The revolution was accomplished in the man of South America before the end of the eighteenth century. After that, all his actions have one object and one meaning. Emancipation was no longer an instinct it became an active passion spanish through jealousy of england joined france in aiding the rebels of the north and her recognition of the independence of the new republic was virtually the abdication of her own authority over the south aranda one of the first statesmen of his time advised his sovereign in seventeen eighty three to forestall the inevitable future by making one infant king of mexico one king of peru and one king of the mainland taking to himself the rank of emperor the king of spain shut his ears to these councils the revolution of 1789 proved that the ideas embodied in the declaration of independence were of universal application the monarchs of europe took the alarm and formed reactionary leagues to south america these leagues were conveyed by educated creoles who traveling in europe learned them from French writers. The rights of men was translated, printed in secret, and circulated through New Granada by Antonio Nariño. Charged with this as a crime, no proof could be brought against him, as no copy of the book could be found, tortures failing to extract information from suspects. He was banished to Africa, his property confiscated, and his original copy of the work was burned by the public executioner. From the men of culture the new ideas filtered to the masses transforming their minds by the creation of an ideal which each one interpreted in accordance with his own talents interests and prejudices chapter one